10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Why does it always sound like I like need a nasocort strip or like something? Because I'm so nasally on all of these rejoins that my lovely production crew at ESPN Radio likes to cut these clips and put them together. Do I sound like that now? Are you now blaming I'm, our producers? No, I'm blaming myself. Am I in my own head? Do I sound as nasally as I did in that last it's one? Always, Talking it's about always Kirk. jarring when you hear your own voice. And you and I hear our own voices all the time because yes. we're in such a strange business. It's jarring for anybody when they hear their own voice. You always sound different in your own head. That is you always true. sound better, I think. We do. We do hear the sound of our own vo- voice quite a bit here on Candy and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Courtney Cronin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Our SWAT analysis continues here on ESPN Radio's Two a Days, leading you into training camp in just under two weeks. The Minnesota Vikings, a team that I used to cover for ESPN.com before I. Went down to Chicago to cover the Bears. Uh, just finished an 8-9 and nine season and then fired everyone, which felt like it was a long time coming. But they've got a brand new general manager, a brand new front office, a brand new coaching staff, and still the same quarterback. Kirk Cousins signed a one-year deal to remain with the Minnesota Vikings. It was a salary cap move, but it also gives them stability at the quarterback position. So that's kind of where we're going to head things off here. Amber, I'm going to go to you first with your strengths for the Minnesota Vikings. Do you see it as the quarterback and the stability that they have, or do you see something else? I think maintaining that stability, particularly when you offed everybody all at once, like you said. I mean, so much change. It's nice to have Kirk Cousins at the helm. But I think the roster generally probably has a lot more talent than people realize when you look at it, Courtney. I mean, we know Cousins is not a bad quarterback. And then beyond him, you've got skilled position talent. You've got highly drafted players now across the O-line and the D-line. Uh, you've got a lot of players defensively who maybe underperformed the last couple seasons, but you're hopeful that under a new staff might rise to the level of expectation. So I do think O'Connell steps into a pretty decent situation in terms of roster for a first-time head coach. Okay. That's fair. And I mean, right? Ke- I mean, Kevin O'Connell. Talented. They are. And from the skill position, I think you can put this group up against any of them in the NFC. You have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen at the wide receiver position. And Thielen may be coming off of the high ankle sprain that required him to have surgery this offseason. And Jefferson doing all the incredible things he's done in his first two seasons. That's, that stands on its own. Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And then a little-known player goes by the name of Irv Smith Jr. at tight end. We haven't seen a whole ton from him because he was, you know, he he was drafted in 2019. Kyle Rudolph was still on the roster. Irv comes on, you know, late in 2020. And then he's gone all of last year because of a meniscus tear he he sustained in the regular, or the preseason. So... 
the old adage, if you got one football to go around, I am very curious about how Kirk Cousins is going to distribute that football and what this offense is going to look like with a fresh perspective in this team, maybe, you know, going away from that run first mentality a little bit. Weaknesses for the Minnesota Vikings. What you got? The weakness for me with this team is all that new that you mentioned, right? Where change for the sake of change is not often a good idea. It didn't feel like to me that's what the Vikings were doing. You even mentioned there on the intro that it felt like a long time coming and that changes had to be made. And I mentioned the talent on this roster. Like it just felt like on a team with, you know, the Justin Jeffersons and Delvin Cooks of the world, they just couldn't kind of get over the hump, even with a Kirk Cousins, who's a pretty good stable quarterback. And so in order to change the culture I guess you do a clean sweep but that also can create just such a new dynamic that things don't pan out you're talking about a rookie head coach and so I do think that's probably the concern there like I understand everybody wants a piece of that Sean McVay coaching tree and and that's why O'Connell gets his job let's not pretend like that doesn't have something Mm -hmm. to do with it but he didn't call plays and nobody seemed to mind that's fine I just don't know how good he's going to be in in this position frankly that's the concern I would imagine in terms of weakness okay opportunities for this team I know that everyone will look at the NFC North and say it's Green Bay's to win that the gap between the Packers and the Vikings is still pretty considerable I am one of those people but I think the weaker and I use air quotes even though people can't see me using my air quotes the weaker NFC this year puts the Vikings in prime position to be a playoff team via a wild card spot. Like as I was running through the teams that could compete for those final three playoff spots, the Vikings to me are are like the seventh team. It's either them or Philadelphia. And their schedule is not awful next year. It's actually more favorable than it was a year ago. They've got the NFC East in that mix. They've got the AFC East in that mix too. So, to me, if things can break their way with the schedule and they can win, you know, and they can not be in all of these one-score games the way that they were last year, giving me a heart attack on deadline because I didn't know whether they were going to win or lose, I was going to turn my story in late, then they can actually probably tilt the the meter uh, in the way of the win column versus ways they weren't able to do last year. You seem a little uh, shell-shocked. For your, from your time. That took years of my life, Andrew. Covering this team. That happened to me uh, for two straight I, years. I can understand. I think opportunity here, Kirk Cousins also has an opportunity, right? Because I don't know, Courtney, obviously you covered this team for a long time. I mean, you can tell me. Is it fair that he kind of has this reputation of, like, never being able to get the wins that you need? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a real fair reputation No, I, I think it's realistic. Turn it around. You heard my nasally voice there in the rejoin when I'm talking about his career <laughs> earnings. The guy has made millions hundreds of millions of dollars and he's won one playoff game i think that's all completely fair and realistic rhetoric around cousins um but it's all going to depend now you know in terms of the opportunities the opportunity for him being in the this offense is gonna bring out his best bring out the best in Kirk cousins he's reunites with kevin o'connell who was his quarterback's coach for a season in washington uh there's a lot to be still tapped into there i think with Kirk cousins all right Quickly, the threats for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think the threat would be if their new look 3-4 defense doesn't work out. Like, they brought in Zedarius Smith from the Packers. That seems like a very good acquisition for them. But again, a lot of new, and it will, even though they've got a lot of great pieces on that defense, it's going to look very different schematically. So I'll make that my threat. Okay. 
I like that one. The 3-4 defense, I'm actually very excited to see what Ed Donatel brings to the Vikings. We've, we've you know known this team as a defensive-minded group. When Mike Zimmer was the head coach for eight years, they get to shift their philosophy here. They added a lot via the draft. Lewis seen their first-round draft pick, and they you know, they passed up on, on 14 players there in the first round when they were supposed to draft at 14. And they end up getting their safety to pair next to Harrison Smith uh, in, the, in the secondary, which absolutely needed to be reworked. But I agree with you. I mean, if that's going to work out, like the personnel that you had that you're going to now mix into this defense, how do they work when they're you know, standing up to rush the passer? Just a lot, of, a lot of different things, a lot of new, which very well could be a threat for the Minnesota Vikings this season. Uh, and we'll continue our Vikings talk, actually, here. Vikings ESPN Radio Takeover. I feel like my worlds are colliding here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But coming up next, Tiger says that live players have turned their back on the PGA Tour. We discuss the latest from Tiger Woods at St. Andrews on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson presented to you as always by Progressive Insurance. So we now know that the door has been left open for a trade involving all-star guard Donovan Mitchell with the Utah Jazz. There were reports that the team was previously not intending to move on from Go- from Donovan Mitchell after they had moved on from Rudy Gobert in a trade, but you know what they say, Amber, money talks, and the price of yesterday is not today's price. We know that the Miami Heat are a team that's trying to be aggressive in its pursuit of Kevin Durant. Does this, in your opinion, become a game changer that Donovan Mitchell now is on the market, and might that shift the Heat's priorities because of the haul that they might not necessarily have to give up for Donovan Mitchell, or do you think it would be the same as a KD haul? Well, it can't be the same as a KD haul, right? I mean, goodness. Uh, you wouldn't think so, is, but Rudy Gobert has got like you know, got well, five first-round picks for him. And exactly, like how much more? How much more can you get? You know, it's how much bigger can it get? The problem with Kevin Durant uh, is his age. And so even though he's got four years left on his deal, you're talking about a player who might not be in his prime after a couple more seasons. He already has some of those injuries adding up for him. Donovan Mitchell's a much, much younger player. A couple years left on his deal. He's got a... Uh, opt-in in 2025 would be an unrestricted after that if he doesn't opt into the final year of his deal. But Donovan Mitchell, you know you're getting a young, good player. You're not necessarily getting a generational player, which maybe most people would probably consider Kevin sure. Durant. I do think, though, that it might be more realistic. And we always know that the Heat have been interested in the pursuit of Donovan Mitchell, there's those reports you and I discussed last segment that the Heat already made an offer for Donovan Mitchell, even before Utah was actually picking up the phone reportedly for offers for Donovan Mitchell. They still went ahead and made one, but it was before the Rudy Gobert trade became public information. And so that's obviously going to reset the market. It seems like now Utah's kind of shooting their shot initially where they're like, hey, we got this haul for mm-hmm. 
Rudy. So let's go ahead and see what kind of haul we can get for Donovan Mitchell if we go through a whole rebuild. They haven't said that they're emphatically trading him. If they don't get something like a Rudy Gobert type deal, then do they try to build around Donovan Mitchell? Although trying to read between the lines of some of the subtweeting cryptic tweets that Donovan Mitchell has done lately. Maybe he doesn't want to be in Utah anymore, even though he hasn't actually said that. Ira Winderman, who covers the Miami Heat for the Sun Sentinel, tweeted out uh, that he spoke to scouts in Vegas about Donovan Mitchell, that those scouts were hearing that the Heat have made their interest clear. A longtime scout told Ira Winderman uh, that Hero would move in such a deal and that Duncan Robinson plus picks would likely be part of it as well. So there was talk at Summer League amongst the scouts and beat writers about the Heat's pursuit of Donovan Mitchell, what it even would include in that kind of deal. So it seems pretty obvious to me. Courtney, that where there's some smoke here, there's fire, that they are definitely in pursuit of Donovan Mitchell, in addition to, it seems, Kevin Durant. And of course, the Brooklyn Nets have been brought up in this mix, even though the Utah Jazz a couple days ago said, we're not interested in in trying to facilitate a trade. Donovan Mitchell to the Brooklyn Nets has a nice ring to it. Donovan Mitchell to Miami, though, in being paired with Jimmy Butler, and who knows like what would stay, what would go, but... You'd like to think that their half-court offensive issues would end up getting solved pretty soon after trading for Donovan Mitchell, but we'll see what that haul's going to be. Where is the best destination for the All-Star Guard from Utah? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go out to Hollywood in Florida. I think that I know where you're going to say Donovan Mitchell should go, but, but make your case here on ESPN Radio. It's obvious that he should go to the uh, he. You wouldn't have to give up as much dealing with uh, Durant and Mitchell, as you guys have said. He is definitely younger. I don't want to lose Struess though in the deal. Struess is one of my favorite players. He might be one that would have to go. I also don't want to lose Hero, but I totally understand. In order to get something, you have to give up something, and so there's a good possibility that one or both of those players would be a part of the package. Hollywood. Okay, Hollywood. I, I, I also, I also like Max. Is he still there? I also like Max Strews and Tyler hero, but then who are you willing to give up for Donovan Mitchell? If it's not those guys, I would start with the uh, Kyle Lowry and I would start with the uh, Duncan Robinson. Those are hefty contracts. Utah might not be like dumb enough to like take those and stuff, but those are the pieces that I would. And then maybe like uh trying to fit Bam in as part of the trade. You've got to sweeten it up for Utah. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. It's just that you don't want to give up too much. Then you deplete your roster, and you have uh, Mitchell, and you have Butler, but then what do you have around them? So you really have to be careful the way you do this. Great stuff. Thank you for the call. You keep Bam in that scenario, right? I mean, listen, Tyler Hero is part of any of these deals, Courtney. That's Mm -hmm. the reality of it. Because that's what the centerpiece would be, no? Right. I mean, he's their more, most valuable asset, not named Bam Adebayo. And Kyle Lowry, not particularly valuable, considering what he just did, considering the looks of that contract. Duncan Robinson, same thing, not particularly valuable right now, considering the size of the contract, considering what he did this past season. Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. You're talking about a player that you expect to be an all-star, a young player. I think he would be the cornerstone, frankly, of any trade, whether it's Kevin Durant uh, or whether it's Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, a KD trade, I think the Nets would prefer to have a BAM in that trade in addition to a Tyler Hero, but you have that problem with the rookie extension. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance by visiting Progressive.com. So 
this news about Donovan Mitchell, which comes out on Tuesday night, courtesy of Adrian Wojnarowski, saying that Utah, which was allegedly not interested in trading in trading away Donovan Mitchell. Now they're listening. So it feels like maybe that first offer that they had from the Miami Heat wasn't enough. And then they come out, they make the comments of, well, we have no intent of trading him. Sweeten the deal a little bit. But it makes you think, does Miami now want to pivot course and do it rather quickly in going after Donovan Mitchell than Kevin Durant. I mean, as Hollywood, our caller, had had mentioned, the asking price will probably be somewhat cheaper than going after KD. You can't really realist- undrafted Max Strews cheaper. Uh, I mean, but- <laughs> no, Maybe a but like... The thing that I have, I have a hard time seeing is that you can't give up your entire roster to get Kevin Durant and expect to still contend in the East. Now, obviously, we don't think that Jimmy Butler would be part of any sort of trade package because the Miami Heat know how important he is to winning, and that's what you want. That's who you would want to pair Kevin Durant with. But if it means not trading all of your future draft capital away for the next four years or something, and all of these pick swaps and offloading players that got you to a one seed into the Eastern Conference Finals— Maybe you start listening and maybe you start changing your plan a little bit if it feels like you have a long way to go to get into the KD sweepstakes when this feels like it could potentially be more realistic. I will say this real quickly about what's happening here. Donovan Mitchell, the amount of listening the Jazz are going to do to him, probably a little bit different than the Nets are doing with Kevin Durant right now, right? Yeah. I imagine Donovan Mitchell's list is a little bit longer than what KD has given the Nets to work with so far. And I imagine that Danny Ainge, CEO of the Utah Jazz, and and Justin Zanuck is GM and right-hand guy. They're going to be looking for draft capital because, as we know, any sort of rebuild that Danny Ainge is a part of, he's usually able to pull off quite a haul in return to start something new at whichever franchise he's been at. But This will be an interesting one to watch. Maybe this one drags on as long as the Kevin Durant thing has so far. Maybe it's solved far quicker. There are a couple more days remaining out at Summer League in Vegas. Whole lot of negotiating going on out there as free agency wears on. Coming up next, are the Lakers better off with Kyrie than currently constructed? We discuss with an expert next, Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday evening. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's tap in with Yovan Buha of the Los Angeles of the Athletic. He covers the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but there's somewhere else I want to start with you after this Woj bomb just came out, Yovan with Donovan Mitchell at the center of it. For a while, the Utah Jazz Jazz said, no, we are not trading him, and now they are apparently entertaining offers. What do you think was the tipping point for them in going from, we might want to rebuild with him as a centerpiece, to we'll listen to what you have to offer? 
Well, I think this was probably all part of their strategy all along. I think just for leverage purposes, uh, they, they didn't want to put it out there right away. But I also think that they're probably looking at this trade market right now and, and sort of the, I mean, you know, the, the deal they got for Rudy Gobert and, um, you know, the, the haul that San Antonio got for uh, DeJounte Murray. And, um, you know, really everything's kind of in a gridlock right now because of the Kevin Durant trade request and, uh, you know, him and potentially the, the, the haul that he could uh, you know, bring into Brooklyn. But I think that you could see a team like Miami, for example, who, uh, you know, was on Kevin Durant's short list and potentially could even be involved in, you know, the pursuit of Kyrie Irving. Like it might make more sense for them to just pivot and go get Donovan Mitchell. Right. Like, so I think, um, you know, we, we've seen this playbook from Danny Ainge before when he was in Boston, he, he blew it up at the end of the, the big three era, traded KG and, and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn and got all those picks and, and had a really quick rebuild there. And I think looking at kind of what he's doing now, you know, flipping Gobert and, and now you know, most likely Donovan Mitchell, like he's just hitting the reset button. I, I think that this team, uh, you know, kind of reached its ceiling of really good in the regular season, but having some limitations in the postseason. And uh, I think they, they view Donovan as probably more of a number two than a number one. So I think they're going to end up flipping him for a, a massive haul and, you know, go into the rest of the decade with a bunch of picks and some young talent. So um, I think, you know, Danny Ainge ha- has this kind of track record of if he doesn't think the uh, situation is good enough, he'll just hit the reset button. And it worked in Boston, and I think it most likely will work in Utah. Jovan, speaking of gridlocks, it seems like LeBron and the Lakers are in a gridlock when it comes to LeBron signing his extension that he's eligible for on Mm -hmm. August 4th. Obviously, if he was to do that, that would be very helpful for the Lakers in terms of planning for the future. Uh, Do you see it changing at all here with with the reports that, you know, he's not planning to sign it? Is this just a power play by LeBron? I think it's partially a a power play. I, I think for him, um, it ultimately may come down to if they're able to get Kyrie Irving and, and you know, be before that um, extension date or, or, you know, at some point before the season starting, uh, just because I think he's looking at this roster of like, you know, realistically, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, the Lakers probably have a range of like a six to a nine seed right now. You know, it's, it's hard to be uh, that bullish on them with the current roster construction. Like I, I do think they've made some nice moves uh, getting guys like Troy Brown and Thomas Bryan and Damian Jones uh, with vet minimum contracts. But, uh, you know, still looking at the top of the West, like this team is not on the level of the Warriors or the Clippers or the Grizzlies or the Mavericks, the Nuggets, like those types of teams, the Lakers are still a notch or two below them. So I think getting Kyrie Irving in place of Russell Westbrook would certainly elevate them into that mix. And I, I know LeBron's been pushing for that, but that's what him and his camp want. Uh, but for the Lakers, you know, there's still Brooklyn isn't really looking to do anything until they figure out the Kevin Durant situation. And even so, you know, they're asking for the moon for Kyrie Irving as well. So uh, I think for the Lakers, they're in a really tough spot because, um, you know, as I said yesterday on, on ESPN LA, like I think if they're willing to throw in their, their two first round picks, I think they could get Kyrie Irving. Uh, it's just a matter of are they willing to have that type of package go out and really mortgage their future for a guy in Kyrie who is also on an expiring contract and as we've seen the last few years has not been the most reliable guy. And there's also been, you know, a certain level of off court drama that has followed him. So I think, you know, for the Lakers that they're in an unenviable position just because I think if they stand pat, 
they are most likely not good enough to truly contend. But if they mortgage everything for Kyrie, there's still the chance that it blows up in their face. And maybe they get that extension from LeBron and, and that kind of makes it worth it. But, you know, I, I think even if they trade for Kyrie, they still might not be good enough. So um, th- there's a lot of moving parts right now, but, and a lot of parts connected. Cause again, I think once Katie gets moved, that's really the first big domino that, that's going to impact all this other stuff. So uh, a lot to watch for, but yeah, I think for LeBron, it really is you know partially a, a power play and really his only leverage right now to put some pressure on the Lakers to potentially trade for Kyrie Irving or just to move Russ somewhere else and, and just look to improve the team. Quite the catch-22 for the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> We're talking with Jovan Buha. He covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Russell Westbrook, obviously a big part of what could happen for the Los Angeles Lakers as it pertains to potentially Kyrie Irving in a trade or something else. So I'm wondering, from your perspective, how should the Lakers approach this? Should a trade for Russell Westbrook be for an all-star player like a Kyrie Irving, or should it be for a host of specific role players? Because we know that they're trying to offload that $41 million player option that he just opted into, and that would come at quite a cost for the team that is would be inquiring his services. Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I, I do think that they – have to move him I just don't think that there is a a clean fit there with him and LeBron and AD we saw it last year that they only played 21 games together but they were just 11 and 10 in those games uh, a 43 win pace and uh, 43 win pace over 82 game season and just you know Russ does not fit particularly with LeBron where both guys need the ball uh, you know Russ is, is not active off the ball he's not cutting he's not screening he's not a shooter and I think if you were looking at, you know, kind of label the guys you, you think are stars, if you were ranking them one to whatever, you know, 25, 30, 35, Russ would be at the bottom of that list in terms of potential fit with a LeBron and an AD, just pr- primarily because of the shooting. So I think the Lakers, to really, you know, return to contention, need to move Russ, be it for another all-star or just for role players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the two packages that have been out there, are the Kyrie package and then also to Indiana for Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. And, you know, there's going to have to be some extra salary in there to kind of make it work, but that would be the base of that package. Now the Indiana situation is interesting because they're interested in DeAndre Ayton and they could potentially either work out a sign in trade with Phoenix or just sign him to uh, an offer sheet and put pressure on Phoenix to either match or, or lose him for nothing. So, Indiana is kind of a wild card here where, you know, they could go in multiple directions. And if they do end up doing a sign in trade and getting Aiton, uh, Miles Turner would likely go back to Phoenix, in which case they wouldn't have the outgoing salary required to take on Russell Westbrook. So, uh, you know, Indiana could mess things up for both the Lakers and the Suns, depending on what they do with DeAndre Aiton. But to, to me, I think if you can get Kyrie, you go do that. And someone at that level of like, you know, at his peak, Kyrie is a top 15 guy in the NBA. And that's not, you know, factoring in just offense. Like, I think he's probably a top 10 guy sure. in the NBA. Uh, but if you can get, you know, you can't get that done and it's going to take too much to get him. I think Buddy Heald and Miles Turner would fit great. They would be starting upgrades in L.A. Miles Turner is a stretch five, could play next to AD, protect the rim. Buddy Heald would immediately be the Lakers' best shooter that they've had in the LeBron AD era. And they were trying to get him last offseason before they ended up trading for Russ. So either of those two packages, I, I think, would be upgrades over Russell Westbrook. Um, but I think if, if they're going for, like, a, a tier below a star, maybe you stay away from that. And really it's just 
are we getting a top 15 guy like a Kyrie or are we getting a couple of solid starters in Buddy Heald and Miles Turner? I think either path is better than the status quo. So while we remain in a holding pattern with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, what their next potential destination could be, it feels like the Indiana Pacers, as as Jovan had mentioned, are kind of the cog in all of this right now. They've allegedly met with DeAndre Ayton, have had discussions about sending an offer sheet to him. We'll see what that domino effect, which one is created out of that, and what it could do potentially for the Los Angeles Lakers. As Jovan had mentioned, there are several players that they believe could potentially upgrade their roster as currently constructed. Jovan Buva, he covers the Los Angeles Lakers for the Athletic, and he joins Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson here on Canty and Carlin. Jovan, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Take care. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On the cusp of the most recent Woj bomb, what is the best landing spot for Donovan Mitchell? We'll take your calls next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, sitting in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So Ray Allen had one of the most relatable moments between a former superstar player and a fan recently when he was talking about whether LeBron is indeed the GOAT. Ray Allen here giving his reasons as to why LeBron is not. Is he a great free throw shooter? Is he a great three point shooter? Is he a great dribbler? Oh, God. So you're saying the GOAT, and he ain't even the great in all those categories. Okay, so it's a little hard to hear there. So he was talking with somebody. This was captured on TikTok. Tyreek Weeks is TikToks. He is um, a basketball player, I believe. That's that's true. Okay, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, like how I never saw like this sort of interaction coming, where Ray Allen was basically Amber dunking on his former teammate. But it's relatable because it shows. Superstar athletes who are friends with other superstar athletes, they have the same debates that we do about who is the GOAT, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Well, that's what it was. He rounded out the conversation by saying Michael Jordan's the GOAT. And the reality of it, Courtney, is that Ray Allen played with LeBron James in Miami, right? Like Ray Allen's 46 years old and and he was a teammate of LeBron. And so I think... So much of who wins that conversation, and you and I are not going to have that conversation, but a lot of who wins the Jordan-LeBron conversation comparison, it comes down to who did you grow up watching? Because everybody thinks the players they grew up with, it's like nostalgia, right? So it's like you hearken back to a better time of your childhood when you were dreaming once of being them too. Ray Allen wasn't sitting there dreaming of being LeBron James. LeBron James is younger than Ray Allen, and he played with LeBron James on a championship team, and it wasn't even all that long ago for Ray Allen. So I think probably for Ray Allen, there's more mystique around Michael Jordan or even some of the greats that came before the Michael Jordan era, frankly. And that probably resonates louder with Ray Allen. I know he's trying to sort of justify it away with some of the categories. 
it's such an emotional conversation, though, I find with people. It's a it conversation really is. It's I like, try to stay away from. It's like, who honest. did you grow up loving? You know? I mean. And his rationale is of why LeBron does not fall into this category, as he was asking Tyreek Weeks, who is, I believe, a high school basketball player, is he a great free throw shooter? Is he a great three-point shooter? Is he a great dribbler? And, and in response, Weeks answered no for all of those. So he's like, well, how can he be the GOAT if he's not the GOAT in all of those categories? Honestly, it, logic that makes sense. And he was pointing at his head like, see, I'm enlightening, I'm enlightening you on something that you didn't know about. Now, it wasn't a very in-depth enlightenment, but nonetheless, we he know where Ray Allen Jordan. stands on this side of the GOAT argument. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Donovan Mitchell could be on the move in the near future. According to Woj, the Utah Jazz are now open to the idea of trading their all-star guard. This comes just after a week following the Rudy Gobert trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for four first-round draft picks and a haul of players, one of which was the Timberwolves' most recent draft pick. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So it took effectively five first-round draft picks for Rudy Gobert to move from Utah to the Minnesota Timberwolves. What would it take for Donovan Mitchell to wind up somewhere else. Where is his best landing spot? We'll take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Crown and Amber Wilson sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday afternoon. Want to thank our all-star lineup of guests for stopping by the show today. Talk some heat. With Jonathan, with Jonathan Zaslow, host of the Zaslow Show on 560 WQAM, Amber's former co-host in South Beach. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, stopped by to talk about Lamar Jackson and the QB's potential contract that we expect coming whether it will be sooner rather than later remains the mystery. Matthew Collar, Minnesota Vikings reporter for Purple Insider. Chris Canty, host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. D. Orlando Ledbetter trying to make Atlanta Falcons fans feel better, I guess, uh, about the state of their team headed into the 2022 season. A little hard to do that, but we appreciate the time nonetheless. And Jovan Buha, Los Angeles Lakers reporter for The Athletic, brought up some interesting points about what a potential Kyrie trade could look like and what a potential return could be for the Lakers if they end up finding a place to move Russell Westbrook. Let's go out to Tony in Palm, West Palm Beach. You are on ESPN Radio. Donovan Mitchell, where is he going? Hey, what's going on, y'all? I would say the place that I would like to see him land would be the New York Knicks. I know ESPN probably won't agree with that too heavy, but... The Knicks make sense. He's a New York native. Uh, can we make the trade happen? I mean, we've. I, I would like the trade to go through if we, they can do it without having to give up Barrett, which is probably a long shot. Mm-hmm. But if they can pull that off, I think, you know, with Fournier or Randall or Quickly or, you know, a combination of to- uh, Toppin and, you know, draft picks, that would be great. 
And another thing I would just like to throw out there, there's, there's a sleeper that a lot of people aren't talking about, which I believe, don't quote me, but I believe Walt Perrin still works or, or is currently working with the Knicks currently. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you know who Walt Perrin is, I'm sure y'all ladies do. That's the guy that brought Donovan Mitchell, you know, pushed for Donovan Mitchell with all his heart. So I think I think that would be a great landing spot, and especially it would start that, uh, like a rivalry, a big rivalry between the Knicks and the Heat, which I would love. Have a great one, y'all. Peace. Appreciate it, Tony. Great, great insight there. And, and the good thing for the New York Knicks is that they control their own draft. Remember what happened this past year, and they traded out of the first round uh, several times. So on the draft capital front, they own all of their first round picks for I don't know if you can you can project this out a couple of years foreseeable future. Um, along with what they were able to acquire from a couple other teams. They've got the 2023 first-rounder from Dallas. That's going to be a top-10 protected pick in both 2024 and 2025 if it doesn't convey, and it's gonna, it will convey it to a 2025 second-round pick after that. Like the, the first-rounder from, from Detroit, a top-14 projected first-round pick from the Washington Wizards, like on and on and on. So they control their own draft, and I know that some of these draft picks look like they're probably headed towards being second-round picks, especially that one from Milwaukee. But nonetheless, reunion for Donovan Mitchell, getting to go home, getting to go back to New York. Not without R.J. Barrett in that deal. I mean, I think it would take Barrett and Fournier and multiple first-round picks in order to get that deal done. Okay. So... We know that they just traded, they just signed Jalen Brunson in free agency. So Donovan Mitchell plus Jalen Brunson, seeing what that backcourt would look like, I don't think people would say no to that. I think it would be a, a much upgraded team, of course. Yeah, whenever you, I mean, anybody who adds Donovan Mitchell is going to upgrade. Obviously, it brings another star to that market, too, because I'm not really sure Jalen Brunson has the number one market star power. Does Donovan Mitchell? I mean, you got a lot closer to it. Mm-hmm. So the first the first order of business here for the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz, if this is pulled off, is figuring out whether R.J. Barrett is untouchable or one of the pieces that New York would be willing to move. The Knicks also have like zero issue in tons of other contracts that they could send back to the Jazz for all of the salary matching that they have to do. Donovan Mitchell owed $30.3 million in salary next season, uh, with or without R.J. Barrett in the full. So there is plenty that they could do to match that. Evan Fournier, as Amber had mentioned, Derek Rose, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin. Those could all be part of a trade to move for a move um, from a financial perspective, while they have some of their younger players who could be used to potentially like incentivize a deal even further. Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly, uh, and the likes. Coming up next, Spain and Fitz. They're going to have Donovan Mitchell on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.